So you have an enemy. Your adversary. And the Word of God has just been speaking in the previous uh, verse about humility and humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God and casting your care on Him. And we have to do that in this department. We have an enemy. We have an adversary in the devil. It should make us humble that we have an enemy. And it's important that we realize what the enemy is like. And so the Word of God is going to give us a battle plan against the enemy. But we have to build upon the humility that we've been exhorted to have under the mighty hand of God. And we have to remember that we can cast our cares on him. That's part of the way that we're being prepared for this battle plan. So it's, it's, the, it's the way that you're uh, given the pre-instruction, we might say, in order that you might take in the battle plan that you're given in these verses. We are told to be sober and to be vigilant. That means to be sober-minded and it means to be watchful. Uh, To be sober-minded is to see things as they are uh, as opposed to being dull-minded, which can be related to alcohol. So we know that the term sober-minded helps us in that way, but it's not the only way to to be dull-minded. Being sober-minded means to be able to see things as they really are. And we need to be able to do that, especially when we are trying to understand this enemy. Because the enemy works by means of confusion and deception. He tried to tempt Jesus with that little word, if. You know, if he had said, you are the Son of God, you know, that would be a true statement. But he says, if. He wants to present to Jesus the possibility that he has to prove it. And that's the kind of way that the devil works. And so we need to be sober. We need to be able to see things as they are. And that's part of the battle plan against the enemy. We need the humility. We need to also cast our cares upon the Lord. But we need to know that this is the way things are. We really do have an enemy. We really do have an adversary. And he is in a battle for our soul. And this is war. And it's called your adversary so that the Word of God reminds us that it is personal. This is actually an attack upon us. It's not just an attack on people in general in this part of the world or this time in human history. It's an attack on us. He's your adversary, the devil. And you need help. And God has provided that help. But we need to understand who the adversary is. The devil is the one particular adversary that you have. Uh, It's uh, in the original, it's a legal term. It's the kind of term that you use to refer to an opponent in the courtroom, your adversary, the person who is on the other side, who is trying to battle against you in a courtroom. But in this case, we know that this, this one is trying to battle against us in other ways. He used Psalm 91, the psalm that we just read, to try to present to Jesus the idea that he had to prove that he was God the Son, that he was the Son of God. And so he's using Scripture. He's using uh, that which is our resource against him, and he's using it, trying to use it against us. And so he's 
clever. That's why we need to be seeing things as they are. That's why we need to be sober-minded. That's why we need to be watchful as opposed to sleeping. You know what happened when Jesus was in his time where the devil started to pick up steam, that hour of darkness, when Jesus was praying in the garden, the disciples fell asleep. But Jesus continued to pray. He continued to be watchful because Jesus is prepared to help you in this battle. Jesus is one who has walked through this battle already. He walked through it in Luke 4, the passage that we read, but he's also walked through it in other times in his earthly ministry. The Lord Jesus Christ is prepared. In terms of what the devil is like, your adversary, your opponent, this verse tells us that he is like a roaring lion. Your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion. That's important language because it appears in the scriptures in very important places. If you know something about Psalm 22, you know that Jesus actually spoke those words that opened Psalm 22 from the cross. But there's more because Jesus had the experience that the psalmist has in Psalm 22 while he was on the cross. And one of the things that Jesus experienced was having bulls and lions surrounding him. This is what Psalm 22 says. Many bulls have surrounded me. Strong bulls of Bashan have encircled me. They gape at me with their mouths like a raging and roaring lion. Jesus on the cross experiencing the impact of a raging lion, the devil, and those who were following the devil, seeking to take him out. There are many places in the Old Testament where persecutors are compared to a roaring lion or a crouching lion seeking to uh, devour people. Psalm 7 and verse 2, Psalm 10, verses 8 to 11, Jeremiah 4, verse 7, uh, Nahum 2, uh, verses 11 to 13. But I want you to think about this one. Proverbs 28, verse 15 says, Like a roaring lion and a charging bear is a wicked ruler over poor people. Like a roaring lion and a charging bear is a wicked ruler over poor people. That image of a lion, that image that it's applied to the devil, it actually applies to other situations. And we need to understand that the devil is at work. He's working when wicked rulers act like a roaring lion or a charging bear and they attack poor people. Jeremiah 4 verse 7 says, The lion has come from his thicket and the destroyer of nations is on his way. He has gone forth from his place to make your land desolate. Your cities will be laid waste without inhabitant. That's speaking of a tyrant. That's speaking of someone who acts like a lion. And the devil is behind all of this. So we need to understand that our adversary is actually trying to use tyrants and wicked rulers to accomplish his purposes. He's trying to use deception like he tried to do with Jesus. He's trying to force the issue. And he does all of this as our adversary, as the one who was opposed to us. So 
this lion in the, in the Bible also represents wicked men. As Psalm 7 uh, verse 2 says, uh, O Lord my God, in you I put my trust. Save me from all those who persecute me and deliver me, lest they tear me like a lion, rending me in pieces, while there is none to deliver. The wicked are referred to in Psalm 10, sitting in the lurking places of the villages, murdering the innocent, eyes secretly fixed on the helpless, lying in secret as a lion in his den. Wicked people. Your adversary is trying to stir up them. So it might seem almost overwhelming. Wicked people, tyrants, even attacking Jesus Christ. He's our adversary. He's called a lion. But we need to understand something about a lion. The devil is specifically called a roaring lion. Do you know why lions roar? And many times, lions roar because they want to intimidate their prey. And what you need to know about your adversary is that he wants to intimidate you. He wants to make you tremble with fear. He wants to make you afraid. And he wants to devour you. That word for devour is the same word that was used in Jonah 1.17 about the great fish that was sent to swallow Jonah. It's the same word. This devil tried to devour Jesus Christ. He tried to take away his work as a Messiah. He tried it on the cross. He tried it in the place that we read about in Luke chapter 4 as he was tempting him. He was trying to take him away from his work, but he couldn't do it. He couldn't devour the Lord Jesus Christ. And now he is seeking as well to devour us. And he's seeking to devour us specifically, if you look at verse 9, in terms of the faith. We are told to resist him steadfast in the faith. See, that's what the devil's trying to devour. He's trying to devour the idea in your mind that you have from the Holy Spirit that Jesus Christ is the one who protects you against the devil. That Jesus Christ is the one who is able to help you when the devil approaches you like a lion. Even when you're tempted to be afraid, the Lord Jesus Christ is the one who can help you. Why? Because he's experienced the entire range of the devil's fury. He experienced it on the cross, the attempt to devour him. Remember when the devil said that word, if, in Luke chapter 4, verses 3 and 7 and 9, he said the word, if, if you are the son of God. That very word appears when Jesus is on the cross. He's uh, uh, questioned in Luke 22, verse 70, as people say, are you then the son of God? And he says, you rightly say that I am. And then Luke 23 recounts this, that the people stood looking on, verse 35, but even the rulers with them sneered, saying, he saved others, let him save himself, if he is the Christ, the chosen of God. See, the devil was behind that, that question. He was the one who was inciting these people to sneer and to say, if he is the Christ. But you and I know that he was. 
And Jesus knew he was. The soldiers mocked him. They offered him sour wine and they said, you are the king of Jews. The Jews, save yourself. But the Lord Jesus Christ, you see, was providing for a way for you to be safe against this adversary by being the one who was targeted by the adversary himself. So you are told to be sober, to be vigilant, uh, to stay awake. You don't want to be asleep when a lion comes after you. You don't want to be less than sharp. You don't want to be less than self-controlled. How can you be sober? How can you be looking at things as they really are? Well, one of the ways that's given to us in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7, is through prayer. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. That's one of the ways that God protects us. He gives us the ability to see things as they are because he teaches us how to stay alert. And it's through prayer. You are given uh, the message that hope is one of your tools in chapter 1 and verse 13. And prayer in chapter 4 and verse 7 is a means of resistance. This is how you can resist. Did you know that the Bible's telling you to resist? Resist. It's a roaring lion. Resist. Resist. See things as they are. Jesus Christ is giving you the victory. Resist. Resist the devil. Resist him steadfast in the faith, it says. We know from the book of James that the Bible says if you resist the devil, he will flee. He doesn't have the power to overtake you. He wants to intimidate you. He wants to devour you, but he can't. Resist him. Resist your adversary. You might think the greatest danger to you is the fact that you're afraid of the devil. You might feel like you would be helpless before such a strong foe. And it's good to take the devil seriously recognize that he is like a roaring lion and that he seeks whom he may devour. But the greatest temptation, the greatest threat for you is actually in a different direction. It's that you would not resist. The idea is that you would go in the path that the devil is trying to lead you. And the Bible says to resist. The greatest threat to you is that you won't resist the devil. Resist the devil and he will flee. James says, and the book of Ephesians in chapter 6 says, put on the full armor of God. This is the point. This is what the armor of God is for, to stand firm against the devil. And that's what this passage is telling us to do as well. Resist this roaring lion because you are steadfast in the faith, because you are able to stand firm in the faith, what you've been taught what you have learned from the Bible, what you know about Jesus Christ, you are able to stand firm because you also know that at the same time as you are being called upon to resist the devil, the same time in which you are called upon to continue steadfast in the, in the, the faith that you've been taught from the Word of God, you also know this. The same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. You see, that's an important thing to realize. 
This is part of the way in which the lion is roaring. This is part of the way in which the fallen world uh, is expressed. But it's also the way in which you are being formed into the image of Jesus Christ. You are able to know that you are not alone in this battle. That means that there is a purpose for these sufferings, even the sufferings that your brotherhood in the world are experiencing. And the verses that we'll look at the next time, verses 10 and 11, give us an understanding of those, that purpose uh, to a great degree. It says, May the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a, a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Your suffering has a time limit. It is for a while. It is shared with your brotherhood around the world. Brothers and sisters in other places are experiencing the same type of suffering. That's what the passage means. Not that they have the exact same sufferings that you have. They have the same type. They have the same adversary. And they have the same one who is helping. The same one who is preparing for you. He has been preparing for you all along as the Lord Jesus Christ came to encounter the devil in a way that was unique, in a way that was one-on-one, -on -one, in a way that you and I couldn't match, but in order to help you in this very same situation, the situation that your brothers and sisters are experiencing, Jesus is able to help you against the lion. And what he's able to help you do is to resist him. What he's able to help you do is to be steadfast in your faith. What he's able to help you do is to see the end game that the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory has a time limit for your suffering and he has a purpose at the end that you'll be perfect, perfected, established, strengthened, and settled. God is going to complete your sanctification. He's going to make you more like Jesus in the face of the lion. Why, that sounds like the person, the shepherd who could prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies. That sounds like a mighty God, one who's able to help us even in the midst of the greatest enemy possible and make us better at the end. That's how powerful God is because he has sent the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ has personally encountered the devil. We know this because of something that Peter was told when uh, Jesus was speaking to him in Luke 22. Jesus said to Simon that Satan had demanded to sift him as wheat. Jesus knew something about the devil's plan. He knew something about the devil's demands. And he said that he personally demanded Peter. And Jesus said, that he had prayed for him. 
And Jesus said that he was going to be restored and he should strengthen his brothers. Jesus knew the end game already. That's the one that you trust. The one who knows what the devil demands, what he wants, and who counters it with prayer, and who knows where it's going to end up. And you know, that's true today in your life. Because you not only have a personal adversary, you have a personal savior. He knows the places where you are tempted not to resist. He knows the places where you are encountering this adversary, where you are trembling. And the Lord Jesus Christ is praying personally for you so that you might be led to this place where you are perfected, established, strengthened, and settled through him. He's the means by which you can say, I have a personal adversary like a roaring lion He wants to devour me. But Jesus, Jesus is my battle plan. Jesus will help me. For now and through eternity, let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we ask that you help us to remember the way in which we encounter our adversary And the way in which we encounter our adversary in a way that we are not prepared for, it is the times when we are led not to resist, where we are not sober and we are not vigilant, we are not watching, and we get surprised and we are in a moment of weakness. But we thank you that at all of those times, the Lord Jesus Christ has already been up and praying. He's already ready. He's already been fighting the battle. He's fought the battle against the devil during those temptations in the wilderness. He fought the battle on the cross. And now the Lord Jesus Christ, risen, exalted, ascended King, is fighting the battle by praying for us, by giving us the equipment that we need to be steadfast in the faith, to remember that we are not alone. We share this same type of experience with brothers and sisters in Christ around the world. And also, we are given the knowledge that victory is assured. We thank you for this song that we've been able to sing about a mighty fortress, which is your protective power. But Father, we we know that our personal adversary will not win against our personal Savior and Lord. The shepherd, the protector, the high priest, our great hope. And we ask that you would give us grace that we would first of all turn to Jesus, that we would rest in him when we encounter this adversary. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.